Welcome to the Pain Cave. My name is Jay Friedman. I am your host, and I'm very excited to be joined, as always, by my co-host and partner in crime, the Fulham Flyer, the Shawangunk Express. He is the Tracy Falvo to my Tracy Gold. Phil Vondra, welcome back to the Pain Cave. Thanks. That's quite the intro. It's good to be back. It's been a while, but uh, it has been quite. It has been quite a while. We are, as as we determined earlier on. Before we came on the air, we are quite out of practice. We th- This is going to have the feel of one of our early shows, I think. Uh, we're about 120 episodes in, almost 115 or so. But this is this you might want to file into the first 10 or so. Somewhere yeah, in so range. digging back to like 1982. Yes, exactly. But, but no, you know, not to be not to be outdone or not to undersell what's going on here. We may not be on our game, but our guest certainly is. And we're very, very psyched to have yet another fantastic guest on tonight coming to us all the way from the Pacific Northwest. Uh, he is a, an athlete that has been on the scene for a while, but really, I think, exploded onto the scene from on a national level in the last year or so. And I can't wait to get into it with him. Uh, he runs for Spring Energy. We're very excited to have Richard Lockwood on the podcast. Rich, welcome to Pain Cave. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really psyched to have you here. Thanks for doing this. And uh, yeah, can't wait to get into it and find out a little bit more about you and how everything's been going in the Pacific Northwest, uh, especially coming after coming on the heels of a, a really solid run you had at Lake Sonoma, which, which we're going to get into uh, in just a little while. But uh, Phil, before we do, what are we drinking tonight? So uh, I've gone N.A. tonight and uh, I'm trying a Best Day Brewing Hazy IPA. I believe that they are located on the West Coast. Best Day Brewing? Best Day Brewing. Yep. Hazy IPA. Okay. I am going local here. I have a, a two-way brewing uh, confusion saison. Um, have you been to two-way, Phil, down in um, down in Beacon? Two-way, I have not. No. It's uh, it's pretty good. Small little place, but it's good. You know, not, not quite as well known as maybe Hudson Valley, but Rich, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a uh, local Pacific Northwest uh, from Holy Mountain. It's a pretty aggressive. It's called Throne of Blood. Um, this is a German style alt beer. Nice. All right. Yeah. Cheers, guy. Ooh, good. All right. Cool. Good. Holy Mountain. I've never heard of it. Where are they? Where are they at? Uh, they're just like along the waterfront in downtown Seattle, pretty much. Really, nice. really close to where I live at. Gotcha. Gotcha. Have you, did you grow up in Seattle, Rich? I didn't grow up in Seattle. I grew up uh, in the mossy forest of the Olympic Peninsula. So just like across a ferry ride and then a little bit out towards the the ocean. Gotcha. Gotcha. That little small hippie sailing town called Port Townsend. What was that like? Uh, I mean, just uh, very small. I mean, like, yeah, I think there was like 80 kids in my graduating class everyone knows everyone um most most people's folks had a fishing boat that went up to alaska in the summer and then um you know in the spring and in the fall we'd go hiking out in the olympic mountains and there's a little fort an old state park in town with a bunch of trails to run and bike around on this is a good place to grow up cool that sounds, sounds pretty awesome actually so, so you yeah. to alaska as well 
I did not. My younger brother fished on a boat in Alaska yeah. for a couple seasons. Um, oh, cool. I I never went up. My wife's actually from Anchorage, so I go up there quite a bit now. But yeah, not really growing up. You see the uh, see a lot of whales out there. Uh, there's definitely whales from time to time. My yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Awesome. So, Rich, as I was uh, as I was saying before. You've been on the ultra running scene for a few years, but I don't think a lot of people, certainly on the East Coast, knew about you until maybe last year or you know maybe 2021. Tell us a little bit about how you came to the sport, what your background is in kind of running, trail running, ultra running, and um, you know how you got into the the ultra running side of things. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I've been running ultras for. I think is like my sixth season running ultras. Um, but I grew up not running at all. I grew up playing soccer. So a sport that involves a lot of running, um, but I didn't run at all growing up, didn't run track, didn't run cross country or anything like that. Just played tons of soccer. Um, and then maybe when I was like 25, um, I was getting really busy with school and so couldn't play anymore. And so I just started to run uh, to stay in shape and it just like kind of the goals would just get more and more um and so yeah started running like one road marathon a year did that for a few years and then I'd always been really into hiking backpacking rock climbing um so then I can't even remember if someone told me about it at the running shop or if maybe I was looking for a road marathon to do and just randomly like a trail race popped up online when I was searching for something. But when I found out that trail running existed, I was like, this is it. This is like the perfect melding of two things I love. Um, and then, yeah, I ran my first 50 K in 2017 and it, yeah, verified everything that I had thought. Um, it was absolutely beautiful. And, um, beyond that, I just met like, camped at the start line before and after the race and had beers and there was like bluegrass band playing and some of those people I met I still run with now it's like it was like such a groundbreaking experience for me because like running road races it was like not to knock on road running at all but I hadn't really made that many friends road running um and it was always kind of just like you finish the race here's a Space blanket and the power bar, and uh, yes. we'll see the next one. <laughs> and see ya. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, I was like immediately hooked. Just launching into the scene, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. which, yeah. which race was that? That was the Beacon Rock 50K, which is just on the Washington side of the Columbia River Gorge. Okay. That's not one that I know of. Yeah. It's a smaller grassroots race around here. Um, there's a local race organization called Rain Shadow. Oh yeah, James Warner, races, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, oh yeah, so you couldn't have asked for a better uh, RD and and uh, a group to to introduce you to the sport. I mean, they're all about kind of building that scene and building that culture for sure. Totally. Yeah, that's awesome. So you were running. I mean, looking at you know your past results, it looks like you stuck mostly in the Pacific Northwest for the first few years, and then you started to branch out and. Um, like I said, really kind of crashed onto the scene late 2021, early 2022, where you went from being like a really, really solid regional runner to all of a sudden being a player on the national stage. What, I mean, 
I'm sure it's a, a variety of factors, experience and just, you know, cumulative training and that sort of thing. But, you know, how do you, can you pinpoint something or, or what do you attribute that kind of, I'm always interested when people kind of really level up in the sport after, you know, a few years of solid results, but like, you know, again, nothing that, you know, anyone's calling you up to do a podcast about probably. Um, and then all of a sudden to be, you know, just one of the major players, um, what changed in your approach to the sport or, or, you know, your life outside of the sport or whatever that, that kind of attributed that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure it was like multiple factors. I think, uh, I think one of the, like, one of the big things is, uh, like I said, I've always been super into rock climbing, backcountry skiing, mountain biking. And, uh, when I initially got into trail running, it was just kind of like another modality for me to enjoy, um, the mountains here in the Northwest. Um, and so I found it really hard to like, balance my priorities and would constantly be like ah push off a long run to go skiing or like you know push off a workout to go mountain biking with some friends which I still do from time to time but uh I think in this last couple years for whatever reason um connecting with a community of runners who are a little bit more serious so that I have a little bit more of a cohort here or um I also started working with a new coach um, and tried to just decide to like shift my perspective and put a little bit more into the basket of trail running to, to see what would happen. Um, was it, I mean, that, it, I'm sorry, just to interrupt. You make it yeah. sound like a conscious decision. Like you were just like, I want to see what's going to happen if I do this, or I want to see where I can go in the sport. Was it, was it that much of a, like a, a conscious, you know, re shuffling of your priorities, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it was. Um, cause like you said, yeah, I think I was like, you know, I was near the podium or on the podium in a lot of regional races. Um, and so I thought maybe there was something there and just like, give it a try, see if maybe I crank down on it a little bit more. Um, if, uh, put a little bit more focus into it, if, if I could make something more happen. Um, and then, yeah, when I started working with, um, Jason Schlar a couple years ago, um, he's also been really integral and in, like kind of throwing other ideas for race schedule out there. Um, I feel like, yeah, before working with someone outside of the Northwest, I've kind of only thought about doing races around here. Right. Right. Do you miss kind of being a multi-sport athlete? I mean, not necessarily in a competitive sense, but like, do you miss that kind of carefree aspect of just, you know, this isn't you know, the, the running thing isn't the be all end all let's, you know, go, uh, ski Mount hood or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. And I, I wouldn't, like I said, I still, I still do like this morning I went backcountry skiing with a buddy and then I got home at like one, took the dog out for a walk. And then I went for like a seven mile run in the park across the street. So I still try to get out and do other things as much as I can. Um, it's just a little bit less than I was before. Um, and I think it's worth it right now for me um, to to focus on. I'm having a really good time with it. It's been really fun, um, and I love trail running. So, I think it's I think it's worth it to do a little bit less of what yeah. I've been doing before. Yeah, and it's a trade off, right? I mean, it's like yeah. right like that. As long as it's fun and you're and you're feeling fulfilled by it, that's great. Um, and then, yeah, it always becomes like when does it become more of a job and less of a you know like a 
less of something that you enjoy. I mean, hopefully it never gets there, but I think, you know, sometimes that that's something, that's something you run the risk of. Yeah. You know, find a balance. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so the, the race where you kind of came onto, I think my radar was right around this time last year at Gorge Waterfalls, the, or the, the reconstituted Gorge Waterfalls, which was a, a rain shadow joint for several years and then was off the calendar after COVID and, and they had some, I think, storm damage on the trails and such. And then, um, free trail took it over free trail. And, um, who's the other, uh, race group? Uh, I don't know. Daybreak. Daybreak. Right. Exactly. Um, and doing a great job, bringing it back to, to national prominence again, but, um, runner up in the, in, in the hundred K there, which was, a I I mean, to, to me, that was kind of an unexpected performance from, again, somebody who I think to that point had just been not just, I don't want to minimize it, but uh, more of a regional athlete. Um, I mean, did you know going into Gorge that something big was kind of on the horizon for you? Uh, I mean, I would, you know, I always hoped to do my best out there and I felt like, uh, it had been a really poor ski season and it had been like a really great running ski season. So I felt like I had put a ton more time into running and training. Um, so I was, I was poised and, and really hoping to do, to do something better there that day. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, follow that up with just a, a huge season, including the the overall win at run rabbit, which was probably your biggest win to date. I think, um, I mean, you look back on your highlights from the last year and a half, two years, uh, you know, run rabbit, you went, I know you went to um, Thailand for one of the UTMB races in the fall after that, which I want to hear a little bit about what was kind of your highlight um, of, of your kind of new standing in the, in the ultra world. Man. Uh, yeah, I think it was honest. Yeah. I want to maybe pinpoint something. Thailand was for sure a highlight um, just going out there and, and traveling and, it was absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, there were yeah so many highlights. I would say Tushers was for sure a highlight. Um, if people haven't heard of that race before, it's an absolutely gem. Really amazing mountain range out in the What's that? Tushers is a very technical race, isn't it? The yeah. Pretty, like burly terrain. Definitely uh, trekking poles. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely been on my radar. It looks amazing. I've seen pictures of it. Dude, I'd highly recommend that you should do yeah. it. It's like, it's like baby hard rock and there's no lottery to get into it. <laughs> it's <laughs> like cross country through meadows, um, like huge mountains. I think you get up over 12,000 feet over Delano peak. Yeah. Uh, I was climbing up one peak, uh, like at like 40 miles in and, a herd of elk like stampeded across the valley, like down across the trail is just wow. yeah, really special. That's crazy. Yeah. That's um, cool. How did the, the race in Thailand kind of come about or come together? Because that, that kind of, you know, as with some of these UTMB races kind of just appeared on the calendar, it seemed like all of a sudden, and it was just like, Oh, there's like five or 10 really good folks that are all of a sudden in this race that I'd never heard of before. How did that happen? Were they reaching out to athletes or, or, uh, and, and what made the decision for you to go over there? Um, yeah, it was for sure a spur of the moment thing for me. Uh, so after run rabbit, um, I don't, I still don't know. And I don't know if you guys know 
like how the UTMB index works. Like I have no idea what, like, I don't know what their like, what the parameters are that like bump your score up more than any other race. But for some reason that result like skyrocketed my UTMB index up like 30 points and put me above a threshold of like elite status or something to then like get a free entry into Thailand. So um, does that mean you can just go and just be like, Hey, I want to run this, whatever UTMB branded race and you're in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's like, it was like somewhere in fine print on the UTMB website. Uh, another thing that I think Jason has really been kind of integral in helping me out with too, is like kind of navigating and being like, oh, you should just send an email to this person or like there's an elite thing for this, which I would never think about. Um, but anyways, so once I realized that, yeah, I CCC had been a goal that I really wanted to make happen for 2023. And I was trying to figure out how the heck I was going to make it work. I had been thinking about Mexico, but I slammed my knee super hard during the run rabbit run race and um i was like there's no way i can race 100k like whatever that was a month and a half later right um so thailand seemed like the best option and then i reached out to the organization there for the race in thailand and they were like yeah we can you can get a free entry and they were willing to like pay me a stipend that would help cover my flight and so it, it made it like a, a pretty easy decision for me to be like yeah Sounds great. Um, and then locally, Ryan Thrower and Dylan Bowman had been like, oh, we're going out as well. And I was like, oh, sweet. It'll be a super fun vacation with buddies. They ended up not being able to come, but um, it was still awesome. And Shalar ran it too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. How is it different racing over there than it is racing over here? Yeah. Um, I think everything about racing internationally and Thailand was my first international race. So I don't know if this really applies to Euro racing, but um, it was kind of like everything out the window, like any nutrition I'd used before or yeah, like that kind of thing was like, yeah, forget it. Um, but it was, it was cool. It was like very well put together. Um, but the race itself was just wild. Like the jungle out there is so dense and wild. Um, and and humid and hot uh coming from i was running in like the snow in the northwest i was like man this is gonna be quite a thing but it ended up being all right did you heat train at all were you getting in the sauna i did uh i did some sauna time yeah yeah that's good that's good um is the strategy a lot different i mean we hear all the time about how hard the euros go out at like some of the big european races and you got to run six minute pace at the beginning UTMB or whatever. Is it, is it similar? Like, did you find that, that the racing is more aggressive or, or the tactics are different? Um, I didn't find it to like, it was definitely so much more hype than any race I had ever done before. Like at the starting line with like, they put you into the corral, like, 20 minutes before the race starts, they've got like people playing drums at like five in the morning with like neon <laughs> lights on and like a fog machine. So yeah. like the hype was up. And so I think, you know, and it started out on a little bit of pavement. So I think we did go out fairly hot, but didn't seem like we were pushing super hard. Okay. Um, and it was in the dark. Um, and I think we only ran flat for maybe 
a mile before it went into a massive climb. So I was just trying to like keep myself up towards the front. So I didn't get bogged down in the first massive climb. Um, but besides that, it was like, I was, I ended up, I was running with Scotty Hawker for the first maybe 10 miles of the race. And we crested this climb like right at sunrise. And then we're like hammering this downhill on these like loose pine needles, like hopping over logs. And I was like, surely we've dropped some people. And I look back and there was just like a line of like <laughs> 20 dudes, like right behind us. So I think it was like a really tight pack for a lot longer than I've experienced before. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, there was something I was going to ask you and now I can't remember what it was. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about Sonoma because that, that was a, a recent event and, and it sounds like you're running, I guess, to, not to jump ahead, but it sounds like CCC is probably on the calendar for this summer. So is that right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Sonoma, I guess, was probably a, a, a big stepping stone in the direction of getting ready for that race. So tell us about it. Um, I feel like Sonoma, you know, as you know, an observer of the sport and, you know, people who follow the sport closely, you know, Sonoma a few years ago, you know, as a golden ticket race was like one of the biggest events on the calendar. And then like a couple of years ago, the golden ticket kind of went away and people started to kind of put a little less emphasis on it in their schedule. And then this year, it seems like Sonoma really on both the men's side and the women's side was a huge deal. Like all of a sudden the, the fields were back. So yeah, tell take us through that race a little bit. I mean, we don't have to go like blow by blow, but uh, how'd you feel and and what was your what was your strategy going in and how did it play out? Yeah, um, so it was for sure a yeah a deep field, and that's kind of the thing I'm trying to focus on this year is like just put myself into some of the most competitive fields I can find, um, which is daunting and fun at the same time. Um, but I had ran Sonoma in. 2019 um but this year was um quite a bit different for a few reasons they changed the start um so with a huge pack of like a really deep field it instead of starting um it used to start with like a little bit of road that was like downhill and then kind of flat and then this year it started with two mile climb two mile like 800 foot climb right out the gate uh Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then on the cycle track. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and with the amount of, I don't know if you guys saw with the amount of rain that they've been having or the amount of snow, I guess they've been having and snow melt, like they were having to do so much work, um, on the trails out there to get everything ready for the race. Uh, huge kudos to Healdsburg running company and and skip and those guys because they built a floating bridge over one that was crazy days. right because that that's the one where you always saw that the pictures and people are splashing through at like ankle depth in previous years and right now all of a sudden this year it was, it was a it was a bridge steep. yeah <laughs> <laughs> wow. it was nuts and right before that bridge there was like a water pit it was like it was pretty quick it wasn't a long crossing but it was like you just were down into waist deep water all of a sudden um but it poured down rain the day before the race during the half marathon. Um, so as opposed to when I had ran it before, when it was just dry and like kind of what you associate Sonoma with is like just buttery, smooth, California, like Hard trails time. you can rip. Uh, it was way different this year. Like so sloppy, uh, loose footing, um, kind of, 
you could tell a bit more erosion rocks onto the trail coming down from the amount of like water that's been passing through that area. Right. So I think it ended up being a lot better of a um, world championship, like qualifier race than maybe people thought it would be. And it's a, it's a 54 mile or is it, it's a bit. It ended up, I had 52 on my watch. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. I heard it was kind of probably in that, yeah. Yeah, probably in that area. Yeah, but like you said, it probably lines up a little bit more with the kind of conditions they'll face at Worlds than yeah. the previous years there, right? Which were almost like a track. I mean, hilly for sure, and definitely like an unrelenting course, but, you know, fast terrain at the very least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into it, uh, my kind of mindset was to be conservative and not like try not to get carried away in the field. Um, I've always been super impressed with Drew Holman's style of racing. And so in the back of my mind, I was kind of like, just stick with Drew, try to hold on with him. Um, and you'll probably end up like in a, in a good place if you have the legs for it towards the end of the race, if you can stick with him. Um, unfortunately, like with everything in the race and jostling around, um, what ended up happening was like, once we got onto the single track, there was probably like 15 or maybe 10 speedy guys in front of me. And they all missed a turn uh, and went like hopped over this log and we're running straight out. And we were like, hey, no, the turn's here. But then that put me and Caleb in first place running. And I was like, this is not where I wanted to be right now. <laughs> uh, so that was weird. Um, and I kind of tried not to like push harder than I, you know, had wanted to. And I right, think at that point, it's like, right. Do you, I mean, you're not not that anyone wants to lead that way but you know you're given kind of a gift you, you i mean it's it might it's hard to control your emotions i think and your instincts just to bolt right yeah yeah <laughs> so I, I yeah i tried to just keep it level and was running and chatting with caleb and uh we kept on kind of being like hey does anyone want to pass and everyone was like no i'm good no i'm good um and so <laughs> I did... <laughs> like these guys yeah. know where they're going <laughs> I uh, ran in the lead for like the first 13 and then I um, was like putting some there was an aid station right at 13 miles and I was putting some gels into my belt and guys were like right behind me and I was like okay you guys just go ahead and then um, people started immediately like ripping way faster than I had been <laughs> running Drew and I were joking after the race he was like dude you were like holding everyone back I wanted people to blow up and you were like keeping everyone more conservative <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh, yeah then yeah ran maybe in fourth or fifth in a pack of guys um until like the first i guess like getting towards mile 20 you start hitting the bigger climbs of the race there's like right. those three climbs kind of right near the midpoint of the race and it opens up onto like a wider fire road for those climbs right um, and so guys immediately kind of started picking up the pace and, and jockeying more positions up past me. And honestly, I felt like it was pushing a little bit beyond my means to try to stay with them. And so I just let him go and just um, was like, I'm going to save my legs and hopefully pick people off towards the end. Um, and then, yeah. So you honestly, like after a race, you can always be like, Oh, I should have done this. Should have done that. Um, you know, I wish I had maybe stayed closer up towards the pack. I was able to pick some people off 
coming on the way back. Um, but kind of ran in no man's land for a good 15 miles after I had made it into fifth place. Um, and then like 10 miles from the finish, Chris Myers just came like floating past me, like looking so fresh. And I tried to stick with him for a bit, but he was gone. He's been on a tear recently too. We saw him out at Bandera. He was like, same same kind of thing. Just never looked like he was working really and and uh, put up a really amazing performance there. Yeah, really smooth. He's got, yeah, yeah, a really good uh, running style. We're name checking all the uh, all the swap athletes here. <laughs> Larb and Holman and Chris. Yeah. <laughs> so what's coming up? Uh, CCC, obviously we alluded to, it sounds like is, is the big one. Do you have a, uh, something between now and then? Yeah, so I had signed up for Broken Arrow as like a backup just in case I didn't make the world team through Sonoma. So now I've got that on on the docket for mid-June, I think. Nice. Um, Yeah, I'm signed up for the VK and the 50K. Um, We'll see what I end up doing. Okay. That'd be great. I mean, that, that race looks amazing. And the coverage of the race, especially the VK, it's so exciting. You know, I have so many people on course, have the drones. I mean, I think like from last year, that was one of the best, you know, uh, coverage setups that I've seen of, of any race. And, you know, VK is obviously easier to cover than a hundred mile, but right. just the quality of it and just looking at the place and the excitement of the racing was so good. Um, it's going to be uh, fun, fun, fun to watch. I won't be hammering, <laughs> but uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how much snow is still out there. Yeah, in right. It's going to be really still, interesting. They still have to have feet on the ground right now. Oh, yeah. Sure, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, I think they already sent out an email being like, you might be running down, like, adjacent to an open ski hill still. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Which I feel like happened a couple years ago there. I feel like I remember some footage of, of folks coming down and, like, yeah, you see, I mean, some people, like, skiing down next to them um, on some of the lower slopes and shorts and stuff, but... Yeah, that 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 actually sounds like it would be super fun. <laughs> Pretty awesome, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, Rich. Before we let you go, we got to play our twenty questions game. So because oh, okay. yeah, we're not we're not imaginative enough to come up with a new gimmick. So um, we have twenty questions that uh, are some of them are they're mostly pretty short. You can give us you know short you know quick answers if you like, or if you have a story you want to expand on something or anything like that. That's that's uh, that's great too. You know, some of them running related, some of them are just kind of silly. So, but, you know, this is a, a way for our listeners to kind of get to know somebody who they might not be uh, as familiar with uh, a little bit better. All right. Cool. cool. All right. So, Phil, why don't you start us off? Okay. Uh, what is your go-to aid station food? Mm, uh, bananas and like ruffles. They got ruffles. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Good combo there. I like that. Covers all of your sodium and potassium bases. Ah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we had on here, do you have a coach? We already covered that. Uh, coach by Jason Schlarb. Great, great ultra runner. I guess I'll, I'll modify that and say, what's the, you, you've alluded to a lot of the stuff that, that you know, Schlarb has had you, you know, kind of change your, your mindset or the way that you kind of approach a season, that sort of thing. Uh, what's the biggest change in your training that, that he's made? Hmm. Definitely like, I wouldn't say I'm like a high mileage runner now, but way more so than before. Like, I think I was putting in maybe like 30, 40 mile weeks before. And now I range more in like the 60 to 70 range per week. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So still not crazy high, but definitely kind of more in line with what you'd expect for a, a world-class runner like that. Yeah. 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 Cool. That also answers one of other questions. So now we need to come up with another. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Damn it. Okay. We'll, we'll come up with Sorry, I, I got one, I think. So. All right. Go ahead. All right. Uh, what is your bucket list race? Bucket list race. I would say like uh, a few that I've been looking at that I really love to do someday, like the Iger Ultra looks really, really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, any of those races in Andorra or the Pyrenees. Mm. Uh, yeah, they do look they do look really good. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if they're still doing ultras in Patagonia, um, but yeah, they just did a hundred mile there. I think there was uh, there was a hundred mile race there. I think uh last week oh wow yeah well there you go i yeah i've done some backpacking down there i'd love to go run down there so yeah it does i mean it looks absolutely stunning down there yeah. that would that definitely be fun uh speed work or hills hills well cool. got to be the answer for a mountain runner like yourself <laughs> speed work <laughs> is not my wheelhouse it's probably what i should be working on more but i did a lot of speed work going into sonoma um but yeah hills are definitely something i'm a lot more comfortable with nice well they also hurt quite a lot <laughs> three minute three minute hills yeah yeah uh, what's the uh what's the toughest race you've ever run Ooh, uh that's yeah, probably a tie between uh, Tushers was super tough last year. Uh, but the first 100 mile I did was one out here in the Northwest, which probably is pretty low on the radar, but um, it's called Tianaway 100, Tianaway Country. And it's just super loose, rugged trails. Um, I think somewhere around like 30,000 feet of gain. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah it's it was it was pretty hardcore but being yeah it was like the first hundred i had done and there was no like bar for entry you could just sign up for yeah. it yeah <laughs> I, I mean i i think i think it's super cool no bar for entry thirty thousand feet of game yeah, right. that haven't found their forever home <laughs> like yeah you're gonna get tested out here that's uh that's super cool that sounds awesome i mean i'm surprised it's not more well known i mean I uh, I think it sounds you know people seem to lean towards these real tough races at the moment you know I feel it's a kind of thing. I hope it gains a lot more popularity. I think I did it the inaugural year, and I think that was yes. 2018. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't been around for a super long time. Um, yeah. I know a couple of years they had to cancel it because of flooding or fires. So yeah, yeah. Hopefully it keeps on getting more and more popular. Yeah. It's a beautiful area of the Northwest. And I presume that was a pretty, pretty tough day out. Yeah. Yeah. Really <laughs> tough. Day I love these first hundred stories. A buddy of ours went and did, um, uh, Mount Fuji and he, you know, he had some pretty good results in ultra. That was his very first hundred. Yeah. And he said it was just, I mean, I think he barely made the cutoff. He said he was sleeping on the trail. He was like begging people for food. He was drinking <laughs> out of a stream, <laughs> you know, I'm like, it's nothing like a good suffer fest on your first hundred, you know, <laughs> and then we, you come back. Uh, Rich, if you were a cartoon character, who would you be? Oh, man. Don't worry. They get much, much dumber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I don't, yeah, I don't really know. I don't think I'm as, as crazy, but uh, Yosemite Sam is pretty, is pretty wild. I'll go with that one. <laughs> All right. A classic. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, what, uh, what motivates you when things start to suck? Mm. Man, I think it's, yeah. Like each race is kind of different. Um, but uh, I, I, all the races I do are in beautiful places. So I think really what motivates me a lot of the time is like cresting a climb to a beautiful view. Um, yeah. yeah. Something like that. Uh, trying to, when I need to dig deep, just being like focusing on, yeah, like the, the beauty around on the course. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Phil, I'm going to take out the question that we already answered and replace it with who's your English Premier League soccer team? Oh, man. Football team, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, EPL team. I mean, I I used to be a lot bigger of a fan. Uh, I'm going to say just because my younger brother's a huge fan, I'm going to go with Arsenal. Um, oh, no. I'm yeah! sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I haven't watched an EPL game in years, um, but I got to say that one for him because he's the kind of guy who like at at dinner at my folks place, like on the holidays, he'll have his laptop like under the table like <laughs> with the EPL game on yeah. in the morning, like watching it. He's hardcore. <laughs> All right, Phil, it's my new favorite guest. We have a new leader <laughs> in the clubhouse. Sorry, amazing. Phil. <laughs> no, absolutely amazing. I like it um all right who is your all-time favorite runner all-time favorite runner i'm trying to think of like uh i'm definitely more drawn towards you know multi-sport athletes that climb and run and ski yeah um i don't want to say killian because that seems just so too obvious yeah too <laughs> obvious but he does climb run and ski so <laughs> yeah but i'm like drawing drawing a total blank yeah probably like all my friends here in the northwest caitlin gerben uh yeah that's a great that's yeah a great yeah, yeah. Like former guest friend amazing, of amazing inspiring people yeah awesome cool um what's your favorite race Ooh, favorite race that i've done i would say it's probably close tile safe for a local one uh White River 50 miler here in the Northwest. Oh, yeah. Sure. There's Classic. A, such a beautiful course. Um, and just like a great community vibe. I think James is putting that one on now too. He, um, Scott gave it over to him. So I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, great community vibe and camping at the start finish and just like such a great course. Um, and then internet or maybe just like not in the Northwest. Um, yeah, I'll I'll still say Tushers. I yeah. I'm in love with that for sure. All right, sounds like we got to go to Tushers still. Yeah, <laughs> kind of been on my radar for a while. It does sound amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, if you could compete in any non-running sport in the Olympics, what would it be? Oh, I was talking about this with a friend recently. There's one where it's like combined with skiing, where you get to do Nordic and you get oh. to do the long jump. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like Nordic Combined, I think it's called, right? Yeah, yeah. that would be rad. Yeah. yeah, that's wild, right? I I love watching it. I mean, I I love watching the the Nordic ski in general, but I love seeing that. <clears throat> and it seems like uh, you know some of the athletes are really good at the 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 ski jump. So then when it comes to the skate ski, then they head right. off first because they're kind of in the lead, and then right. they just get like mowed down by all the good like skate skiers. Yeah. yeah. They, that's a wild. That's a weird combination too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, totally weird. But I love the way these historical events kind of. Yeah. You know they have their place and they don't get like thrown out for like break dancing or uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Winter break dancing. <laughs> uh, yeah. What is the best concert you've ever seen, or alternatively, the most recent concert you've been to? Hmm. Uh. The most recent one, well, my wife and I have been going this year uh, to the symphony a bunch, which has been really oh. awesome. I don't think I'd ever been to the symphony before this year. And we were like, hey, we live in the city. We don't know how long we're going to keep on living in the city. Let's take advantage of this. Um, so that's been amazing. Um, and but then we also went to uh, a concert. They have concerts at the zoo here um kind of close to our place outside during the summertime and we went and saw andrew bird and iron and wine played up there it oh, was nice. really, yeah very cool great all right um which celebrity do you wish would follow you on instagram hmm it doesn't have to be like a pop culture celebrity it could be any yeah, yeah. person could be killing could be Killian. Uh, I think he recently started following Jim, and Jim was like over the moon about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'll go with, uh, yeah, Steve Buscemi, just to be random. Okay. Nice. That's, good. That's good. I like it. <laughs> I'm going to start following Steve Buscemi now, see what he's up to. <laughs> uh, what's your worst DNF or epic race failure? Hmm. I haven't had a DNF yet. Oh well, you just jinxed you, so don't worry. I know. I just <laughs> it's <you>. coming. <laughs> we, uh, we, we asked this to we asked that question to uh, AJW Andy Jones Wilkins. Yeah, and he was like, "Yeah, I've never DNF'd in a hundred and ninety nine ultras or whatever." And what was literally what was it, Phil? Two weeks later. Yeah, I think it's like his next race. DNF. Literally his next race. No DNF. way. Yep. Swear to God. <laughs> Oh, that's messed up. <laughs> so sorry. He just had it on his mind. From he was two hundred races in; it was coming. <laughs> yeah, you you may want to jump into something before a broken arrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, worst. You said epic race failure. Yeah. Um, I've got. I think I've got a couple. Uh, the worst one was when I ran. I am tough. I don't know. I don't know what I did. If it was too much salt, too little salt, um, but towards probably the whole last fifty k of the race, I felt like I had to pee super bad every like five minutes, oh, and yeah. then I pull off to pee, nothing. Right. Yeah. So I don't know what electrolyte imbalance it was, uh, but eventually I just had to tell myself I was like, "You're not going to pee. Just keep on running." Like it's <laughs> <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> It was super weird. 
<laughs> to this day, I'm not exactly sure what I did wrong, but some mistakes were made. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, it was great because my friend actually watched it on the live stream during the Thailand race. Uh, but like when I pulled into second place and and they were and I got into the the final aid station, uh, they had all of these jugs out of of water on the um, on the table in the aid station. And I just grabbed one and just like poured it over my head. And then, uh, and then I filled up my soft flask with it and put it on and then started running out. And then I, I sipped out of my soft flask and I was like, Oh, that was definitely just like straight electrolyte mix. <laughs> I just dumped over my head. You got bees and wasps following you down. The coast <laughs> yeah, now. exactly. I'm like, at least it was the final aid station. Cause I, oh, yeah. I guess the, the announcers were definitely trolling me. My friend said being like, hope he's not too sticky after that. Sticky. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay. Um, what is your favorite beer? favorite beer that's a tough one i really try to branch out and drink something new each time um trying to think of one that i've had recently that i've really really enjoyed um i think like maybe i could go with a style of beer um right now in like the shoulder season i've really been digging like these like alt beer or like a schwartz beer kind of like a dark but not necessarily yeah like super heavy and like got good spiciness to it Mm, i'm a good schwartz beer that's great yeah they're good yeah Yeah, we have a german restaurant just down the road from us and they have it in there it's really really nice i like those nice yeah i worked at a barbecue restaurant for a while and we had like i don't know how you pronounce it like kostritz or something like yeah kostritz or yeah i know Yeah, yeah yeah super good nice this answer can be for running or otherwise however you want hot weather or cold weather I'm going to go cold, cold yeah. weather. Good. Yeah. I would, I would think grow <laughs> born and raised in uh, outside Seattle. Yeah. It never gets too hot out here. Yeah. If it gets, yeah. If it gets close to like in the nineties, people are melting out here for sure. <laughs> um, if you had to race dressed in a costume, what would it be? Oh man. Channel your inner oh. Ian Sherman right now. <laughs> uh for Halloween this past year, I uh, my coworker made an owl costume that I that I used. I think I would I'd be stoked to run a race in the owl costume. That's cool. Yeah, that'd be really good, especially in the forest. That would yeah. freak some people out late night in a race. Like, you know, <laughs> exactly. I was in the forest. I could hear that hooting, and then this <laughs> owl just ran right past me. <laughs> Man, I get swooped in the park across my street all the time. Oh, uh, really? Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, but I haven't been swooped this year since I wore the costume. So I joke with my wife. That it was like, I'm like one of the crew now. <laughs> they respect you now. Yeah, he's one of us. <laughs> What's the worst injury you've ever had? Uh, when I was 16, I um was snowboarding and broke my arm double compound fracture of my forearm so radius and my ulna both like popped out of the skin through the skin yeah yeah that's that's bad gross it was yeah luckily i was wearing a jacket because i was snowboarding so i didn't really like see it happen Um, but my arm was all like 
bent out to the side when I got up and started snowboarding down the hill. And I was like, that doesn't look right. Uh, fortunately, I was young and had surgery on it and it was just my form. It wasn't a joint. And so it actually wasn't too bad of a rehab, but you have a rod in there now or yeah, I got two plates and six screws. Yeah. Cool. Bionic. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, what's your go-to karaoke song? Oh man. Uh, so I actually bartended for like five years in the last couple of years, I bartended Sunday night karaoke nights, uh, nice. <laughs> which is both as fun and as gnarly as it sounds. Um, <laughs> but I think, uh, my go-to is usually like some kind of Bruce Springsteen as my, yes. yeah, yeah the boss, classic, uh, right? born, born to run 10th Avenue freeze out any somewhere in, in one of those. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Karaoke singers, good tippers or bad tippers? Really great tippers. Really great. Yeah, it was always a super fun crew. Awesome. All right, Rich, last one. Who plays you in the movie based on your life? Oh, man. And you've already used Steve Buscemi. I can't, I can't use Steve Buscemi. Probably not a good choice anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you one better. I'll say I'll say Chris Walken. Yeah. <laughs> cool. That's so good. Oh my God. Rich, this was so much fun. Thank you for coming on. It's been a blast, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, thanks, Rich. Thanks so much. Uh, good luck at Broken Arrow. Good luck at uh, at CCC. Hopefully you make the, the world's team and everything else. It's going to be a great year. And uh, yeah, we look forward to following you and, and uh, wish you all the best. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks to everyone for listening. And until next time in the pain cave, keep putting one foot in front of the other. Broken down and beaten up The years have been long and tough But I'm not dead Happy now just to spend Some time with friends And have a roof above my head I'm not jaded, just been faded Like a good old pair of jeans Rusted like a proud old car That's drove a little too far And seen too much rain Long ago, as a child, I look about the night sky in Wild Wonderman. Then ride the bus, feel upset to think of all the years I'd have to go through there. I was still young. I was still young.